Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you freaks, this is Billy Blair. Watch me in Alita Battle Angel, Three from Hell, and my movie, Cherokee Creek. Oh, yeah, and you're listening to Sexy Witches from Hell. Another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective. And I am the head huntress, and it's episode two of season five. Uh, and we are having well, first of all, it's the day it's the thirteenth, it's the day before Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, sexy witches, and to the audience listening in. Also, for the people that matter. Happy Embolic, happy Mardi Gras. Lots of good stuff happening out there right now. So good time to be alive. Um, not so much when it comes to our genre geek heroes, but that's another story. Uh, lots of news to get a hold of talk about on the first half hour. And so let's get right into it and welcome our sexy witches to the panel. And once again, we are the Sexy Witches, and we are a slightly new lineup in Season 5. So let me introduce my new Sexy Witch, currently residing in Los Angeles, California, enjoying the sun, but she doesn't really do that. She hides in dark places with fly spaces, and what I mean is she loves stage and production. And if you need her to help you sort out your shit and make your production the awesomest you can... Talk to the Midnight Mistress of Dark here, Raven Jasper Hawk, the sexy witch of the Phantom. I'm going to move you, I think I'm going to call you the Phantom of the Sexy Witch, because you're going to be like my sexy witch phantom of opera kind of character. What do you think? We'll get it. I love it. I'll take it. So Yeah, I was. Dinner witch. Dark, dark mistress, is, you know, is yeah. pretty obvious because your name is Raven. But that, you know, they, yeah. we don't want to really get you mixed up with the ultimate dark mistress, which is Elvira. So exactly, <laughs> I wouldn't so, dare. We're going to work on that. I haven't quite figured out your moniker yet. That's why I was rambling there. We're going to work on that. But I, I think right. we got it. It has. I, I can see like the family opera Christine vibe. Yeah. You know. You know, what was it? Think, think of me, think of me fondly, yeah. you know, stuff like that, you know. <laughs> anyway. All right. And Probably. then on my side of the world, woo, we go across the flyover states and land in Virginia. Virginia, you need to fire all your yearbook committees. That's all I have to say. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Because while there are these weird shit going down, we still have people like my sexy porn Virginia, my sexy porn witch, and frequent lover of horror and an extra in Plan 9 from Outer Space Remake, Erin Marie! How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm in a daze, but I'm doing better. I'm employed again. 
Woohoo! Yeah. Oh, that's Woo-hoo. the most important part now, isn't it? Well, maybe. No, you know, I honestly <laughs> don't want my 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 employment to be, you know, I I, I don't want a state of the emergency be the trade off that I'm working again. Uh, but that's oh, no. I can't talk about yeah, it because. Yeah, no. but but that bothers me. It, it feels federal, like federal employee. kick my you kick a swallow down and then shift it so it's our fault. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's the martial law. Oh. oh well, no, it's not martial law. State of emergency. It's different, but it is still it's a still total uh, unprecedented power grab. We won't talk about that because I can't talk about it any farther than that. But um, we, if you want to read the news, it's out there. Bless me. But but we can talk about the border. And we are going to talk about the border because this episode is not only is it Valentine's Day, Sexy Witches. It is also, um, I decided, because I'm going to be on a plane on Saturday afternoon, I'm going to Barcelona. So uh, for a few days, I'm going to set up an adventure in Catalonia. So that three to four days in Barcelona proper. And then I drive to Figueres, which is where the uh, Salvador Dali Teatro is and Museo. And oh. I'm going to spend three days there and explore that part I'm of Catalonia. And one possible over the Pyrenees to Cafe, the, the Cave No. Uh, Cave no which is one of the famous, yeah. um, you know, Stone Age caves, I'm going to go. Nice. I have tickets on Sunday <gasps> there. Oh, but, so you cool. know, I, I figure I'd rather eat the 40 euro and not go and then, like, yeah. miss the chance to do that because yeah. it's the closest you, I'm ever going right to get. <laughs> so, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. It's going to incorporate into our talk with Barcelona and Spanish language films. We're not just going to talk about Spain, though ladies gentle witches uh we are going to talk about spanish language movies and latin language movies so we can even expand this to portuguese and brazil if we want to uh but i will tell you when it comes to spanish language or films shot in spain proper there is a lot to talk about it goes all the way back to they were doing horror very early on as well so a lot of us have seen quite a few you'd be surprised how much spanish language horror films there are out there i mean heck you even have luis Buñuel and uh uh, salvador dali himself making unchan yanzalu and uh you know which is a maniac guy going insane uh and uh so it's a time-honored tradition it'll be a really fun talk um see where what angles we have and what films we've seen uh we're not doing it as a sexy witch round robin we're just gonna shoot the shit and kind of combine it with it's gonna be a nice casual large talk but on that top of that talk we also will have our guest here we go raven uh, she is the lead. Uh, she's the she's the uh, front woman for uh, the metal band based here in Northern Virginia, uh, A Sound Offender, which is awesome. And she uh, had a hit song that broke um, was a hit in Catalonia. Uh, they did the metal anthem of uh, Catalonia, uh, and it it actually like viraled and became a hit during the referendum two years ago. And that's the story. We're going to save that story for later. Uh, But so I wanted her to come on because she just came back from a tour of Barcelona with the song with her band. So what was that like? We're going to talk about that. Talk about Barcelona is popular because she's just been there. Maybe she can give me some tips. Hey, who knows? Uh, (laughs) And uh, she's also going to talk about movies because girls, ladies, gentle witches, everyone, 
Nina is a huge geek like us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Loves Star Wars, loves, uh, you know, Iron Maiden, loves D&D, loves it all. Um, so we can speak definite geek with Miss Nina when she calls in. And that'll be in about, about 9.30 when she calls in. So, but first, let's say, Raven, do you have anything to report from Los Angeles? Anything to report? Well, I know you're not supposed to talk about the weather, but we've had more rain than we've had in about 60 years. And the mountains surrounding downtown L.A. proper are entirely white, which is also for the first time in 60 years. And it's actually rained so much here that some of the drought has reversed itself. Oh, my gosh. My mom was a child and lived there last time it snowed in L.A. proper. She actually I think that was, was there. in 1962 or 68. I just read an yeah. article about that. Yeah, that would be right before she moved to the San Joaquin Valley. It sounds right, because she tells me about that day, you know, that, that storm. She she had memories of that. Yeah. So um, that was kind of interesting. But, um, you know, poor Seattle, you heard they're getting slammed with mm-hmm. snow up there. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I, I, I hear it snows occasionally in Seattle, but wow. Yeah. Was, uh, wow. I mean, you lived in Portland, but, Raymond. You know what yeah. the weather's like up there. That five, right. what was it, five, a uh, half a foot of snow? Is that, it might be even more than that, right? I think it's more now. I, I believe that they got three times the amount of snow that they normally would get. And I think in some places it was up to 20 inches. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm hoping everyone stays bundled up. Queenie, we were thinking yeah. of you um, and your snakes. Indeed. I'm glad your power is back on. So, hooray on that. Um, oh, I and, didn't hear uh, about that. So um, I'm gonna, we um, I have some news to report, but I'm going to hold off a minute. And even though I'm being harassed by evil geniuses, because she's got some big news. Um, actually, she's the one with the news. Uh, Raven, do you have anything else to talk about? Like, have you seen anything, done anything, beat anything up? Are you binging any TV shows or movies that you, <laughs> other than our subject matter, that yeah, you want to bring up? I, Twice in a row, I binged season two of American Crime Story, the Versace. Uh, I don't know what it's actually called. I think it's just called Versace. Um, yeah, the, the, I, the Darren Chris Versace thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is it? I really liked it. Um, I think that it, it shows a lot of stuff that the media wasn't focused on during that time because Versace had such a big name and it was so shocking that he was murdered. All of the attention went to him. And normally I don't like stories where they focus on the killer when it's based on a true story um, because it feels a little exploitative. But I think that they did this really well with the victims in mind since a lot of the people affected are still alive. Um, it's a great soundtrack. Darren Chris deserved his Emmy and his Golden Globe, um, and it's well worth the binge. Well, cool. I, I'm glad to hear that. I, I recently, I don't know if I told you guys, I did finally binge the marvelous Miss Maisel, which was oh, like nice. perplexing me. I had, as of Emmys a year ago, I was like, what the hell is this show? I have no idea. But I finally watched uh, both seasons, and it is 
really good. Really, really, really right. good. I, I, I'm currently helping someone write stand-up comedy right now. So watching that show is super inspiring. Uh, right. So inspire you're right the evil genius said i said expiring yes she's right i said i should be inspiring <laughs> but i'm the hit huntress expiring could be a, a freudian slip here um how about anything else that you or comedy kill <laughs> so anything else right, uh-huh. oh go ahead sorry <laughs> no i was gonna say um if you don't if you have anything else or should i go ahead and bring and talk to aaron for a minute i'll go to aaron all right because I'm getting harassed by evil geniuses, and I, but I want to yeah, get through want the order of events because <laughs> she has to be disciplined and learn how to do this right. So anyway, all right, Erin Marie, do you have anything to report from Virginia and the East Coast? Well, actually, I need her, so she's fine. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we were binge-watching Sherlock Holmes this week because I hadn't seen the fourth season, so I finally got to finish that off. Um. We also binge watched the Ted Bundy files. I don't think we talked oh, about yeah. that last. I watched that too. Yeah, that scared me more than no horror movie ever could. Yeah. I mean, I, I had tears rolling down my face when I was watching just his every mannerism reminded me mm-hmm. so much of my ex-husband. I, oh my I was God. fucking terrified. I, I mean, I couldn't help it. I was just spontaneously crying, and I was like so frightened. Wow. That's definitely yes, intense. it was also hysterical. Lydia, my daughter pointed out. It's also hysterical. <laughs> yes, because they talked about the two times he escaped, and it is just slick as shit, and we were sitting there laughing our asses off at it. I mean, I mean, just crawling up into the ceiling because you had lost so much weight from the first escape. You fit in this tiny little square tile. Goes up yeah. into the guard's room above him and then just walks out the front door and the guards close. <laughs> if it was in a fiction movie, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> I know. I, I really That's can't crazy. wait for the... Uh, I really can't wait to see Zac Efron pull this shit off. Um, Me too. I'm excited for that. They, that movie actually sat on the shelf for a while because they were like, yeah. no one wants to see Zac Efron as Ted Bundy. And I was like, when they announced Wrong. it the first time, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, are you off base? We all want to see Zac exactly. Efron play Ted exactly. Bundy. All of us. Uh, yeah, but they were yeah. worried about his teenage fans, I guess. Yeah. Well, they're not teenagers you know, anymore, I don't think. <laughs> He was supposed to be charming and handsome, and and I yeah. mean, what else? Hey, I, I really can't wait to see this. And Netflix yeah. picked up the right. Yeah, I, I just read so that. I'm so excited. At any time, yeah, it yeah. could just fucking drop. So, um, well, and I we'll did keep notice, it on. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say I did notice that the house that Jack built dropped on um, Amazon, but not Prime, really? unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, um, really? I'm, I get that at the beginning of next month, I think, because I'm really interested to see that one. Yeah. Uh, what else? I'm trying to think of what else I've watched recently. I've binge watched like a handful of things. I binge watched Homecoming on um, Amazon Prime as well as the Man in the High Castle. 
the man on the high castle highly recommend uh, and the homecoming it's interesting but i'm not necessarily sure i like it yet if yeah. that makes sense totally i mean it's good it's intriguing but it's a little slow i think the pacing but i think it, i mean it's meant to unfold in that fashion so i have a yeah. little issue with it, but it's still good well, that's good to hear that you've got some. I actually ran out of Viking episodes, so now I have to wait for uh-huh. a new season. Yeah, and but I'll tell you, um, this this season was a little bit of a rough rough watch. It wasn't nearly as as good as or or complex in character as it usually is because the villain in, in in is pretty one note villain, right? Um, yeah. you know, not, not to the discredit of the person doing the part cause he still rocks, but uh, I named my cat after him after all, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but, um, I, the, the, the season finale of Vikings, so satisfying. Oh my God. It was so worth the slog. So worth it. And, and <laughs> something, some, some, the, the one thing I've been waiting for, for since season two, I think finally happened. And I was like, well, yes, it's happening. Uh, oh, really? I need her, but all right. Now that's it. Okay. I'm going to let you on now, but you are not behaving well. Okay. The evil genius has something to tell you because something dropped this afternoon and I told her that she could give you the review, sexy witches. Oh, so, and I, and I'll follow up with it in just a minute. I'm going to get some more coffee. So here is the evil genius. I actually have. So I, well, I'm going to be a guest host for the Frozen 2 episode. And also, I'm after my Barcelona trip, I'm going to make my own podcast. Nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. And I also watched the new teaser. And I'll drop today. And I did spot out a, um, a Easter egg. It was the, um, the rock from Little Mermaid. <laughs> No way. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Like, Elsa's, like, on it, like, you except have, she's, like, you know, delaying. I have not seen the first trailer yet. Neither of them. I, I oh. need to watch that. Watch it. But this is podcast over. Yeah. Or your hang up. <laughs> hmm. I also think it'll... And my mom said that she was crying when she saw the trailer. She said it looked that good. Actually, she does. It actually does look pretty good. Right. And also, they go out and trip together. And Olaf is still there. Olaf is always there. Do you have anything else that you'd like to recommend? Uh, anything else lately? Or you've been watching? Uh, Well, hmm, this is... I haven't been really interested. I this is actually I mu- I this game is a little like scary, but I do and kind like this is called Yonder Simulator. If you look it up, it's not the kid friendliest game ever, <laughs> but it's pretty good. <laughs> and right. back yeah, to the, the head Bye.
Bye. <laughs> so I tried to get my headphones back, and it gets stuck in her hair, of course, <laughs> because that's what happens. That didn't go as well as I was hoping, but well, I don't know if you figured out what she was saying, but yes, the new Frozen 2 finally dropped their first teaser trailer today, which is something that every girl that was four years old back then wants to see and we watched it we're both like going oh my god it's so good <laughs> we're like oh, freaking cool. out yeah so, uh, i saw where so, i haven't actually watched it yet so i'm actually really yeah, interested because that yeah freaking great movie it looks so much better than what we were getting with these light frivolous little shorts it looks like they go on some kind of grand adventure and i'm like hell yeah i'm on board with the grand adventure it opens with um elsa freezing a fucking wave and trying to ride it. Uh, I mean, it's really cool. And right. it looks like a real beach. I mean, gorgeous animation. Oh, my God. It was really cool. So I highly recommend checking the Frozen 2 trailer and, and have a look. Um, let's see. Oh, wow. I've, so anything else that's news other than, of course, the big controversy with cutting the four categories in Oscars. I've already oh, gone on my rant. Um, you can listen to Repo Nerds, which was last night. We were doing back-to-back episodes on Latin cinema this week on, on the blog talk thread here. Uh, so please, I recommend listening to that episode because we actually had a lot of fun talking about Pedro Almodovar movies. His movies are really, really weird. We'll talk about them a little bit tonight, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so, um, But um, I ranted about how I feel about this whole thing um, and, and what, you know, I'm just a person, but I, I just... You know, they cut three of my favorite categories. Three of them. Yeah, same. Oh, my God. Actually, four of them, because I love live shorts. I used to, I work for the archives. The archives shows the live shorts and, and the documentaries for free the week before the Oscars. You can go. Uh, you know, so I love it all, actually. Uh, but I really, in particular, think cinematography and editing. Editing, in particular, I, I look yeah. up to editors because it's one of the um, few categories where women are often nominated and win. Uh, so I, 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 you know, so you lost diversity there. Um, same with uh, the uh, editing category has four Talk- foreign language films in it, uh, <laughs> or three three language foreign language films. Yeah. Um, but. I'm sure that you guys are just as probably, even though ultimately Ampass can go suck a donkey. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they're losing their relevance every day. Um, yeah. What What do you? How do you guys feel about? I mean, I'm sure you guys are just as upset as the rest of us film geeks. Yeah, I didn't think about the gender thing, but you're right. You're right, but it's every category they're cutting. Uh huh. Usually women. Cinematographers, well, no, there's a lot of men in cinematography, but can you imagine last year Roger Deakins won after 18 nominations, right? Like Roger Deakins, one of the biggest names in cinematography, like a household name practically, and every film geek knows who he is, you know. And can you imagine him not being allowed to do his whole, that that they they cut, you know, because what they're going to do is they're going to edit them. And all you're going to see is the name and them going, yay. And then they'll be on stage and they give them a snippet of the award ceremony. I mean, the speech, right? That's what they're going to give us. Some point during the broadcast, which if you know they start running long, they're just going to drop those, right? Right. (laughs) 
can you imagine how insulting that would be after 20 years that Roger Deakins was not mm-hmm. given allowed to do his speech live or Gilmer Novaro, that's Gilmer del Toro's cinematographer. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, I, anyway. <laughs> so much excessiveness to the Oscars that that shouldn't be even in the top 50 things you'd consider cutting for time. There's, they have 24, 24 awards. We're jockeying for a 25th because everyone thinks the stunt coordinator should be the 25th award, and that should be a lock. 25 awards in three hours is doable. You can do it. Yeah. There's a lot. You can do it. Erin um, Marie, I'm sure you can do a lot in three hours. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I remember when they cut, like, the Debbie Allen musical numbers, the big choreographed things that mm-hmm. cut for time. And yeah. Oscars is always great about time um but yeah uh, uh, the speech is running long is what usually fucks up the time and i i understand where the constraints are and that's kind of the point where people kind of like low off anyway in the past few oscars they have done those categories so fucking quickly that you barely even notice that they happened yeah um right i they haven't been giving them their due justice at all. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's literally like one or two presenters naming all three categories at once or something. And you're like, what the fuck just yeah. happened? Did they give some? So I'm, I'm a simple better than what they did that one year. Remember the one year where they made the live short and the documentary winners not get their award on stage. They had to take them from the aisle. Uh, and oh my God. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that, but that's yeah, terrible. I do. It was so insulting. Matter of fact, I think it was one of the live shorts woman. Like she'd actually been an industry insider for years, and this was like her moment, right? And she goes, "This yeah. is total bollocks." That was the end of her yeah. speech. <laughs> I was like, "Ugh, yeah, no, you know." Amen, sister. It, 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 <laughs> the account really fucks up um, every year trying to appease audience. Yes. To try well, they're trying to, to get ratings, oh. and, and they don't understand what the audience wants, the people that are actually watching this. They they yes. have no idea. They, they You know, then tracking millennials, this is not the way it's going to work. Now, I understand, you know, I actually, the one year I thought was a good idea if they wanted to do something, it's like they didn't have any production numbers, but what they did was use the best songs as the production numbers. Are we still there? Yeah. Are we still there? Okay, I loved good. it when they did that. Yeah, they opened with Justin Timberlake singing the song from um, Trolls. And I actually thought that was like a way to open the show with him marking up the yeah. red aisle and bringing everybody in. And I was like, that's a good idea. Use those yeah. songs, you know. Yeah. And, and don't that cram either, extra songs in there. Was that the generous hosted? Was that uh, was that the year DeGeneres hosted, right? I don't remember. Yeah. The hosts start to blur after a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who blurs. <laughs> I know, like, certain awards certain years. Like, I remember that, you know, uh, John Stewart was there the That's year that um, uh, uh, A Hard Out Here for a Pimp won Best Song. And I just always <laughs> remember that because he was really into it. Because that was a really boring show other than that moment, which was like, and he goes, <laughs> Uh, six five. He said Martin Scorsese zero, 
Six Five Mafia One. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I also Cute. I like to defend Seth MacFarlane's perform hosting the award. Right, I'm with I you. know it's I, I, I know it's not spicy to like that show, but I totally got the joke about showing the we got your boobs on the screen. Yes. Like and it and then he did that perfect shout out to Sound of Music in the middle of it, which was like like yeah. no perfect, no perfect. And I was just like, <laughs> he's one of us. He loves musicals, Raven. He's just as much yes. as every, he's totally. he's had musical numbers and and music all through this season of Orville too. Oh, I need to catch up. Uh, oh my great. God, Orville's I good. Actually, it's it's totally good. Catch- Go ahead. It Go is. Ahead, I just got catching. I actually, um, that's actually the other thing I binge watched <laughs> um, was the Orville. I actually started it and ended it this week. What is streaming on? It's on what Hulu. service is it? Hulu. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's who it's really who, it. or or you can use your Sling television. Either one will work, okay. but you have to have one of the one of those. Uh, I I do my I, I do Hulu. <clears throat> Go ahead. Um, the Roku FX app also has oh, uh, the Orville one. And- cool. Okay. So I think I, I think I have a FX app on my Xbox, so I should oh. be sitting pretty. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, well, Orville's fun. I actually really like Orville, and 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 it's it's so cute, and and, and you know the whole family likes it. It's one of the few things that, even though it's a little raunchy, sometimes all of us agree to watch it. Like the whole family, and my daughter's nine. She yeah. can handle some. She knows the birds and the bees now. She had we had the birds and the bees talk over the summer, so she knows fine. about it now. You know, not much I can do. Can't put that bat cat in the bag again, you know. <laughs> so, no, so, but she thinks knowledge it's weird is power. Anyway. It'll be okay. Uh, she just thinks that sexy is weird. That's what she calls yeah. it. Sexing. Sexing is weird. Yeah. Well, she's not wrong. It is <laughs> no, kind of weird. It is kind of weird. I mean, it's fun, but it is kind of weird. So, I mean, it's the all thing good. I love about Marvel is that it. Stays true to the Star Trek roots that born it. Um, they have interesting new adventures. I love the morality of it. The characters are great. Love the species, and the humor is there though. You still have the Seth MacFarlane yeah. humor every once in a while, especially in the last episode that I saw, which was hysterical. I don't know if you saw if you've seen the latest one yet. Is it the one where uh, where where the where the android is dating the doctor? Yes, yes. Yeah. And it was and so the, good. <laughs> it was so good. We're just, go ahead, go ahead. Two guys go crazy. All gossip after Isaac asked for dating advice. That had me rolling. Just them running all throughout the ship to try to be the first to spill the tea. <laughs> It, it it was yeah that's right oh yeah that's right because they were like they look it, it's just it, it it's anyway it's a good show I'm glad we all watch it and I I just can't bring myself to spend money on the disc on the CBS app to watch the stuff yeah I mean every so I mean I'm not even sure I'm gonna be able to do the Disney app when it comes out even though they did announce officially that Tom Hiddleston will have his own Loki TV series yeah whoa oh my Sorry god what a that's Disney going, all right, you're ignoring us? Boom, try that. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, they know. They know. There's even non-Marvel fans like myself that like like Tom Hiddleston as Loki and want to watch him in that outfit. And, you know, I love Loki anyways. <laughs> like, I love Loki, yeah. the character. I love Loki in the folklore. I love how Loki is trans fluid and you know and and you know he gives birth to uh, you know he turns into women seduces horses and gives birth to eight-legged horses and wolves and mm-hmm. you know it, i like that stuff and that's why the ritual was so good you know so uh, yeah I love that. you know so I, but, um, as much as i love tom hiddleston and the adventures of loki i just cannot spending money on a Disney app especially after having canceled every single fucking Marvel property on Netflix and they're not even going to revive on their streaming app it would be different if they would have you know continued the series but they're not I I just can't see spending money after they've just really fucked me over in the fandom yeah yeah with you well, you know, I, it's it. I see why they did it, and I kind of knew that was going to happen. And at some point, you know that they will disappear off Netflix entirely. Like they'll go bye bye. Yeah. To where? Uh, now there was some talk that who was it? Hulu. We wanted to revive the ser- the series is canceled by Netflix, but um, you know Disney's clean slating. But they did leave the door open when they did cancel all this stuff to bring things back. So maybe yeah. there's a, a window, a, like a sliver of a window there to get the other shows back. So we'll see. The only way they could get me to get the streaming app is if they well, continued with my series. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I'm The streaming wars, Disney might win, you know, because it's, it's oh, friggin' God. Disney. And whatever Disney does, it's the model. When Netflix got the Disney contract, it won. Now it's losing because Disney moved onwards. When um, Disney chose Blu-ray over HDVD, Blu-ray won. I mean, this is this is how it works. Disney, whatever platform they choose to support, is the one that wins. That's just how it is. Mm. You know, whether we like it or not, they control everything. <laughs> and all our geek properties, True. too. All right. So let's talk about is uh, Valentine's Day, and I wanted to talk about some fun stuff tonight and our trip to Barcelona and all that, and my guest is on, so we can go ahead and bring her on. Let's do it. All right. So, hello, you 503 area code. You're on with the sexy witches. This is the head Huntress. Hey, head Huntress. Hey, sexy witches. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi. My name is My name is Desiree. Desiree. Oh. Hi, Desiree. And, um, this isn't my hey guess. guys. This is somebody. This is a call. Okay. Hi, Desiree. Hi. I, I thought caller. you were my. It's a caller. Which it's a is, fan. Wonderful. <laughs> we thought we thought it, we thought you were our guest, but that's cool. I'm uh, Desiree. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thank you for it. calling. I was just tuning in. Yeah. Excellent. I'm okay, really so, glad. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what would you like to talk I about? I have a quick That's question. Right. Yeah, I have uh-huh. a quick question. may not be a quick question, depending on the answer. Um, I just recently watched Hereditary for the first time. Nice. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys already talked about this, but I hear that Tony Collette totally yeah. got ripped off for being nominated for, you know, 
a pretty good actress. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to go back to Sassy Witz's episode uh, 5.0, which is our first episode of the Sexy Witches for the Year, you can stream it or download it on Blog Talk Radio and Stitcher and when you find you know, where you find blogging stuff and you know how it is. Um, we did talk about, because Hereditary, we did the countdown. Yeah, and get this, had a- All of us had it in yeah. our top five, and three of us had it at number one. Radical. Yeah, Hereditary yeah. was um, our number one of the year. Absolutely. But, I mean, yeah. her acting was phenomenal. Um, and also, I, yeah. I in uh, listening you guys talking about categories being uh, just taken away from the Oscars. Um, yeah. I definitely feel you heavily on uh, the editing situation being cut out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sally Mankey, first of all, with Quentin Tarantino movies. Hello. Editing, um, both sound and, and visual, is the most important part of filmmaking. Yeah, it's uh, and it. I, yeah. it really is. I I shared it a um, it, it it makes no sense. Like it, it it's like uh, what was it? Alfonso Caron, who we will talk about because of Roma being nominated, and it is a Spanish language film. It's part of our talk about tonight. Um, he he had a mean, and I shared it in our slideshow. So if you go to the main sexy witches page there this episode. There's a huge slideshow of a bunch of Spanish language films I was I brainstormed, but I also kept the Guillermo del Toro quote and the Alfonso Caron quote about what was happening because it's timely and I thought it'd be a good thing to remember yeah, by. And yeah, and you know he's like you know you, you I can't I'm not quoting it verbatim here, but you know you can have movies with no sound, with no actors, with no makeup no sets you can have no you know you can no color even but you can't have a film without cinematography and editing you just can't right it's impossible impossible Uh, yeah and i also was uh listening to uh uh what's her face uh damn it i'm skipping out on her name sally uh rocky horror picture show what's her name susan sarandon Susan susan sarandon there we go uh, she was talking about Selma and Louise and saying, like, the most of most of the time they were just the boys were just filming, you know, you know, exterior shots and just like the surroundings, and then the editor had to go in and actually make a story. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the That's biggest true. names in Hollywood and someone that I consider a hero is uh, Martin Scorsese's editor. Her name is Selma Schoonmaker. And I couldn't remember yes. her name last night, but I remembered it today. I mean, not only did she win the Oscar for The Departed, she also edited Raging Bull and Aviator. Hey. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the woman is, is badass. brilliant. Can you imagine her after, like, this kind of woman who basically is royalty in her field not being given allowed to walk on stage and give her, well, she will be allowed to walk on stage, but not being able to give the speak live. You know, it's like, I mean, she has quite the resume, you know. She has the resume. She has the the resume that we all aspire to have. Yeah, it's being treated like a class citizen is what what it is Mm -hmm. in the film industry. Yeah, you're right. Uh, The the head of IOPSI, the crews that you know the union that it makes up the technical crew of all movies 
uh, wrote a letter to the Academy that uh, I think was published today. Uh-huh, it was. It was not yeah, nice. Ayatsi <laughs> is really pissed about this and yeah. tried to stand up for all all four categories. It's a really good read. He was concise <laughs> yet honest and to the point. Um, mm-hmm. And but you I can, hope it you can feel it. the rumble of anger in that read. Yeah, like, you can like, tell like it's there. all really pissed. It, it, it's annoyed and you know I like to, you know the, the, one of the things they keep trying to do as the academy I mentioned this last night is they're trying to appeal to millennials to get the millennials interested in in union stuff right because it is it's a big union yeah. having a party and you know millennials don't give a shit about any of that you know I, and so we're trying to get them but they do know about filmmaking they do know about editing because they can do it on their phone they know how important editing is you know, there is ways to connect with the millennials. Cutting things like makeup and hairstyling, which they are interested in, which is one of the few categories where the popular movies do get a chance to shine. Oversight, big time. Of course, and then mm-hmm. us, us film geeks are just livid about cinematography and editing. You know, it's like, yeah. and then live action shorts, well, you know. I, you know how I feel about live action shorts. Uh, an Oscar to Gwyneth, she can win yeah. one. Yay, Gwyneth Patrol. Clav, well, you know, but the live action short woman or man or whoever wins it, that means more work. That means permanent yeah. recognition, means they will always yeah. have a job. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. that's, it, that, that's why it matters. Yeah, yeah, it matters. Well, and honestly, not only, not only are they getting rid of uh, a variety of people that work in this field, it's also an art form. Let's not forget that, you know. Yeah, it's still right. a form of art to edit. Yeah, and do cinematography. Oh. Like, where would Stanley Kubrick be without cinematography in his background? Right. <laughs> I, I do. Oh my God! Can you imagine an edited Kubrick movie? Yeah, no, like, um, you know, and I love seventy-eight Kubrick, hours. My favorite actors, <laughs> my favorite directors. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just I think it's short sighted and, and and you know, we all think it's short sighted and you know, when they were gonna only yeah. allow Lady Gaga to sing, that was like what? you know, I know some people wanna yeah. dump I, I feel if you're gonna do if you're gonna dump the music categories all or nothing. Dump them all or play them all. I agree. Don't pick and choose, you know. I remember the year that yeah. they did cut cut the music and the scores, they've done that before yeah. and m- m- missing best song wasn't terrible but missing best score and not hearing pieces of the score was it, it, it was like nobody yeah. knew the name the movies that the scores were from you know right. and so it was like well we would like to hear a little bit of it you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how about bars at least do you remember well the, thank you so uh, much did, for taking my call oh yes miss desiree uh, do you have anything before you go do you have anything plugs to plugs do you have plugs your stuff do you have stuff oh i have no stuff to plug as of now but i'll try to call in next time when i do <laughs> okay fan, we'll call <laughs> in anytime we'll gab and whatever you know i never shut up so i will welcome a caller and thank you I, it's always awesome to know there's actually someone listening thank you so much thank you yes and thank you and i will continue to listen thank you guys excellent thank you bye-bye. okay bye bye bye, bye. bye. That was that was a caller. That was Miss Desiree. We're so Woo! famous. 
my show that I didn't really know and that was oh, like that's always fun. mind-blowing right I was like you listen yeah <laughs> you know I always figured I, I thought I was talking to myself I figured like Lynette I Chester feel- hi Lynette and and and, a, and Steve listening I'm sure Aaron might be listening hi Aaron you know Aaron Kogan you know we know the usual suspects listening you know, but you know that's it. It's just a few of us. You know, we're not a huge coven, but we've got a decent coven, though. You know, so quality yeah. over quantity. Hell yeah! Speaking of covens, uh, let's go ahead and jump into our uh, our, la- our our Spanish language. I don't know if my, I've tried to get hold of my guest. I don't know if she's calling in or not. I hope Nina does. I'm of uh, Nina Oswega. Oh my God, I've been so messing her name up and I can usually say it no problem. I don't know why the last two days, I can't even say things like at work. I can't even read stuff out loud. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm falling apart. Uh-huh. This job is, <laughs> I guess the stress of the job coming back from the shutdown and then like, you know, getting ready for Barcelona, which is not a, a, an issue. That's not a first world problem, but you know, I, I'm catching up with all this work. Oh, let's see. Ah, oh, well. Actually, I'm gonna. I'm. We're gonna have another caller. Hold on, sexy witches. Hold on. They asking if it's a good time to call, and I'm like, now is good. So, because we're about to change subjects, and I know this person can do it. All right. Well, that's because once again, it's one of our regulars. You know. But anyway. <laughs> so, but anyway, let's talk about uh, Spanish language films and foreign language movies. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it, first of all, not just Spain, because I am going to Spain, but I also wanted to talk about some of the films in Mexico some, and uh, some horror films and a few other things. Uh, because, you know, with this whole, like, evil Mexicans border southern talk that keeps happening, People forget there's like a beautiful time-honored tradition of filmmaking in Mexico, and they still yeah. have government subsidy for that. Uh, so, you know, Guillermo del Toro comes from there. Alfonso Cuarón comes from there. You know, Alejandro Inarut comes from there. All those are Oscar nominees, uh, you know, and winners, <laughs> for that matter. Uh, what, we got three Best Picture winners there I just mentioned, all Mexican? Uh, so, you know, kind of amazing, but, you know, but if you go back and see their older stuff in their, in their foreign language movies, there's some gems in there and we should definitely talk about Del Toro's earlier work. Um, I want to, um, talk a little bit about Pedro Aldo, I can't even say his name today. See, I don't know. Maybe I am having a stroke. If you say Pedro, I will know. Pedro Almodovar. (laughs) Uh, I see, I can say it now. I don't know. Fuck, I, you I, did it. I gotta get my shit. <laughs> I gotta get my shit together. Um, but anyway, so, <laughs> I, but I but I jumped in about Cubbins because I just saw. I'm going to Barcelona in Catalonia, which everyone knows is kind of a semi-independent uh, region of Spain. Like they're they they were their own region for a long time, and then Spain said you're a part of us, and they went no, and Spain said yes, and they said no again, and then they fought, and Spain won. Um, so, uh, uh, but there's another part of, of Spain that people forget that's also fiercely independent. That's the Basque region, which is on the other side. And I just saw a fantastic movie called, um, Eremintari, the devil and the blacksmith. Um, it's on Netflix right now. And it's a, it's not Spanish language. It's actually Basque language, which is fantastic. Hello, 304, you're on with the sexy witches. 
Hi, how's it going? Hey, Steve, Hi. what's up? This is, hey, this hey. is my, my co-host of Repo Nerds, Mr. Steve Wandling. How you doing, sir? I'm fine. How's everyone doing tonight? We're well. doing all right. We're doing all right. Uh, the guest hasn't called, but that's okay. We can do this on our own, so I'm really glad you called because I know you can hold your own in this topic, and we might need your help a little bit. So... Oh, great. Now good. I'm scared. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Nah. It, only partly because I just force-fed him not one, but, what, three Pedro Almodovar films in two days. <laughs> so he he's kind uh-huh. of having a brain fu- – I mean, he has to recover. It was good recovery medicine. I'm sure it woke his ass up watching those films. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It was, but, uh, but, it's, I'm still recovering from the films themselves. It's a deep, deep dive. Yeah. Oh, nice. Bad, but yeah. So, uh, so that is partly my fault. Um, but uh, let's let's start though with the basics. Most people, when they think Spanish foreign language films, they usually their brain will instantly go to the man himself, uh, the Bleak House man, Guillermo del Toro. And and you know he started out with uh, a little gem of a movie called Kronos, which I absolutely adore, which is his first spin. Mm-hmm. On a vampire film. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it. I don't yeah, think it's have. great. Yes. Um, so two of you yeah, had Raven hasn't really... seen it. Raven, oh my God, you'll love it. I mean, it's 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 you know it, it has all the tropes that Guillermo del Toro will be known for: creepy kids and and uncomfortable <laughs> monsters, body horror. Uh, you know, yeah. it, it's really 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 good and unusual uh and it instantly like i saw it it was the first game of this horror i saw so i saw it first and i just little films that just kind of like you know i'm a young 20 year old impressionable person and i'm like holy shit you know i had never seen anything <laughs> like that uh but most people didn't know him from that film uh the film what would have been the first film that you guys knew film Guillermo del toro as a as a uh, filmmaker, got a little fast um, I think that's the first one I saw. I think. From... Well, Go ahead, Erin. <laughs> I didn't hear Raven. Oh, I oh, said well, Devil's she... Backbone. She said Devil's Backbone. What did you say, Devil's Aaron? We couldn't hear. Yeah, we couldn't hear you at all. Uh, Don... Still can't hear. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Someone's cutting out. Oh, no. I'm here. I'm just listening. I don't know who's cutting out. Steve, what about you? What was your first Del Toro? You sound great, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, you sound fine. Oh, great. Good. Good. Um, That's good. So do you. uh, First film I saw was Mimic, actually, which I know he kind of disavowed that I was like 12 (laughs) years old and it was just playing. It's a a two-theater slash bowling alley coal miner uh, cinema is what it was called, or something like that. It was it was in Logan County, West Virginia. So you just kind of had to see what was there, and Mimic was playing. I saw That's Mimic sweet. in the theaters. I actually did. Uh, you know, I, I I I I didn't. I won't say I regretted seeing Mimic in the theaters, but boy, was that not the easiest film to sit through in the theaters. Kind of disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it'd be it hard is. to eat too. too. You don't want snacks for that. 
Oh man, no, it you feel you really know. dirty when you're watching that movie. I mean, it's a it's a dirty, yeah. dirty movie. But yeah, like that. Um, I would say that uh, arguably, and it's still my favorite. And it's a foreign, and it's a Spanish language movie. You know, everyone loves Pan's Labyrinth, obviously. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, which was really you know what made him put him on the map for the mainstream audiences. I mean, he won best. You know, he won all, everything but best picture that year. Uh, you know, yeah. one best director, Guillermo de Varo, a cinematographer, one. Uh, you know, it, it was a, quite a phenomenal uh, and a lot of nominees. Oh, my God. It was so nominated. And, uh, you know, that it won that many that year was such a delight. Uh, but I've always liked his predecessor film because he kind of made these, uh, he calls, it's kind of like a trilogy, but they're not really yeah. a trilogy. And it's because they're all related to the Spanish Civil War. And it was his first movie like, in that trilogy, which is The Devil's Backbone, which, as we mentioned, that that was the first one in the fall. I actually think that maybe one of my favorite ghost stories of all yeah. time. It's beautiful. You want, yeah. you want to talk about it, Raven. Uh, I did, had no idea what I was getting into when I first saw it. My roommate said, this was in Blockbuster days. My roommates had rented it from Blockbuster and I just wanted to be in the living room because I was bored with myself and <laughs> really didn't think I would enjoy it. I have Sometimes I have a hard time with foreign language films, not because of the subtitles, but because I usually multitask when I'm watching a movie, like Cross Stitch or whatever, playing a game on my phone. And I can't do that when there's a foreign language that I don't speak. So um, I guess I get a little ADD. This didn't happen with Devil's Backbone. It was really engrossing right away. It's a very haunting. It's sweet, yet it's macabre. Um, and I think everyone should see it. Uh, it the. It also, once again, his tropes with, you know, he he always, especially in his earlier films, kids are never safe, never safe from the horror. Because in real life, kids aren't safe from the horror, especially in wartime. Uh, That movie definitely shows. Matter of fact, there's, there's people that die in that movie that you don't expect to die. And they die right. at very right. random times in that film uh, because war is like that. You know, all of a sudden, boom, you're dead. You know, and 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 that plot just ends. And with that, he's able to balance all of that and keep that all together and still have a cohesive narrative about this sad, dead kid at the bottom of a well. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a phenomenal yeah. movie. And the ghost himself is gorgeous with the reverse mm-hmm. blood flowing upward and and the skin slowly faking away because he's under the water the whole time. I mean, yeah. there's so much to like about that. And and, think, uh, uh, so. Yeah, it would just bouncing off of that with uh, you, you're talking about a trilogy of sorts and when, and when I think of um, a specifically Devil's Backbone, Pants Labyrinth, and Shape of Water, like uh, some themes in that. The, the main thing that I always think about is how he paints the monsters um, are, are the who we root for, and uh, the, the the villains are always uh, uh, some sort of uh, kind of fascist human, but al- always always human, you know, whether it's Michael Shannon, yeah. the... Uh, the, I can't know the actor's name, but I always thought that the uh, the general in Pan's Labyrinth, I think he's one of the best villains in, in so modern, good. at least. And, yeah, and one of the best cr- 
cringeworthy moments of a film in years in a mainstream film is when he has to sew his own mouth up. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, I mean, that's that, hard that to was, watch. <laughs> it's so funny because we watch so much horror and and slasher movies and stuff, but that shit got to me. I was like, uh uh-uh, uh, no, 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 and. The uh, that farmer's like son who gets his face bashed in with a bottle. Yeah. Like the yeah, and his face is just destroyed. Oh, the effects Mm. were so realistic, and I understand how they did it. I understand the mechanics of it, and it still grossed me out. (laughs) Well, and shocked me. The yellow man in Pan's Labyrinth, like to this day, Mm. people that don't even know the movie know that character. And, and yeah. are still right. freaked out by it. And Doug Jones, of course, being Doug Jones, oh, his skinny, 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 wonderful <laughs> self can get into anything. But, you know, he's he's doing a really, really freaky performance with that thing. But I actually was never really scared of the old man. I thought he was cool. The one that got to me was when the when the toad turns himself inside out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, so- that was gross. <laughs> I was like, ew. ew. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, so, so take your dress off. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, she had to take her dress off, and it still flies into the mud. That's right. So sad. Oh, so yeah. sad. The ending is really sad. You know, kind of. Yes. You kind of yes. know it's gonna end there, though. I mean, you can't end anywhere but, else. But that's also how it starts. So you know that's going to happen. You know, uh-huh. like. The opening is the ending, yeah. and and the ending of Pan's Labyrinth is very similar to the ending of The Shape of Water, where it can be a positive ending if you believe, Right. <laughs> but yeah. it might be a sad ending. <laughs> so, it just depends yeah. on your perspective. This is actually a good lead-in, because I wanted to talk not just about Spanish-language films, but Hollywood's connection to Spanish-language films and Spanish films. And Pan's Labyrinth is actually a really good jumping-off point, because it takes place during the Spanish Civil War, which is during the World War-Franco War, right, where the fascists were fighting. Uh, You know, that's one of their, you know, they're they're doing their thing in World War II while everybody else is doing their thing in World War II. Uh, But we did send uh, the Abraham Lincoln Lincoln Brigade there, which had a lot of famous people into it, in it including one of the, uh, Ernest Hemingway, I believe, was on that brigade um, to fight in that war. They were a volunteer group. That's another story entirely. But what I was talking about is that when they were there, um, Hollywood wanted to shoot a film in Spain. And Franco, being that, for some reason, fascists love movies. Haven't you noticed that? Like, Michael Maniacs absolutely <laughs> love their own film industries. Um, true. Yeah. Franco yeah. was a huge film fan. So even during the Franco occupation, a lot of films came out of Spain. Unlike France, which we got a few gems, but not very many movies came out of France. Uh, I, that's another one. I, uh, uh, I'll recommend on Re- uh, Repo Nerd a movie called The Raven from World War II era from France. Uh, Steve, Boy, is it good. I don't know it. <laughs> it, it is awesome. I don't but that's know it. The, yeah, you won't know it. Uh, it's good. <laughs> I was I, I was something I saw in a film class and was just blown away. I was like, whoa, they made movies like that in the 40s? <laughs> it starts with an abortion. It's awesome. It keeps going. Uh, you know, I was like, yeah. Um, well, that's another story. But um, So Franco cool. agreed to allow Hollywood to shoot a film and use Spanish Castle. 
so they actually shot a major blockbuster in this time in the 60s or in the 40s in that time period and it was a movie called El Cid starring Charleston Heston and Sophia Loren and it was one of the first films I saw as a kid with my father uh he loved that movie every time it was on and it's like three freaking hours long it's like three long uh but it's an amazing film because it takes place it's it's a Spanish folklore about El Cid, who was a real historical figure, and but the end of it, uh, he's supposed to be dead, but he rides on a on a beach on a horse anyways, and the war is won or the battle is won. I forget the whole story, but either way, they recreate this whole thing about El Cid, and so I highly recommend watching El Cid to see where Hollywood and the Franco Spanish Civil War collides. It's actually kind of interesting right. to see this film and and know that there's this huge backstory that we're not even talking about right now you know like it's yeah. not even relevant to the story but you know of course Franco's like yeah legends and stuff and Spain is into their legends like if you watch a lot of their movies they love their folklore they love their legends mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro in Mexico I mean Mexico does too but I mean Spain really loves their folklore uh, and, and El Cid is one of those films that kind of was like a crossover of all that so that is always interesting uh, also in 1931 you have to remember when uh, Bela Lugosi went home for the night, the Spanish language crew would come on and film Dracula. And the Spanish language, so even back in then, you had a crossover with Hollywood. So the Spanish yeah. language, the Spanish language Dracula, which by the way, I don't know, have any of you, I know that Aaron Maria's watched it, I'm pretty sure, right? I've I watched it. It's on the um, Universal Special Edition disc. Yeah, it, should um, be. it has it's both its versions. Yeah, so I've uh, seen that one. It's, it's uh, great. It is great. Um, it's got the same script. It has the same sets. The only real difference is a different direct. You know, the 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 crew is different. The actors are different. Uh, I actually think the guy that plays uh, Dracula in that version is completely as good as Bella. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. he looks great in the cave, and and in some ways, I yeah. actually think the version is a little bit more vicious. Like they're vampires, mm-hmm. hit. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. you know, they're not as. Um, they're not as elegant like me. Nah, he made right. and walks like this and like that. And, and, and this guy is like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I will, not you as know, inhibited. Will, uh, <laughs> you also have people in Spain trying to incorporate Hollywood horror as well. Um, and one of my favorites, of course, and, and Aaron Marie and I, being a friends of the video nasty list, come across his movies occasionally. His name is Paul Nashi. We all need to get oh, yeah. Nashi every once in a while. He has a, a, a catalog of Spanish language films that are all like based on universal type horror tropes, and, mm. uh, vampires, zombies, Voldemir. And Mr. Valdemir. Valdemir is his version of the Wolfman. Um, and Count Valdemir, depending on which movie, could be not only the bad guy, but he can be the good guy. And sometimes and often, he is the romantic lead. <laughs> and, and Paul Nashi <laughs> plays Count Valdemir himself. <laughs> so... Um, so that's they're very, um, they're very like they're low budget. They're cheesy. Uh, the one that's on the video nasty list, I, uh, Aaron Murray, you've seen Wolfman and the Yeti, right? Or right, Werewolf and the Yeti. No, I don't or, think I've seen that one. That's the one on the but video nasty I, list. I, I, that was one of the ones I couldn't get a hold of, though. Really? Oh, 
We got to fix that. Yeah. Well, that, that was, was one of the funny. very few. I, um. uh, Paul Nashy is funny. This is why he's funny because you know, first of all, he sees himself as the romantic lead when he's even when he's the werewolf. But all his movies are a little gory, and they have a lot of like softcore TNA. Like they'll have like hot women, like super Spanish hot women, right? And and and, and like they'll be chained to a wall, and there'll be some guy in leather whipping them, and they're like, oh no, we're being whipped, and things like that. Which is absolutely yeah. ridiculous that it made the video. That's what I it. always say when I'm being whipped. Oh no, I'm being whipped. Oh, yeah, no. what's happening? You know. What's, what's going on? Where am I? <laughs> you know, it, it, but I love Paul Nashy movies. There's a lot of like people that are into psychotronic film that love Paul Nashy, and so I always yeah. recommend if you wanted like good, good crossover horror. Uh, you know, just fun, silly movies through the Paul Nash catalog. You won't be sorry at all. Anybody else want to throw a movie out? Oh, I got one. All right. Have any of you seen The Holy Mountain from 1973? Oh, good choice. Oh, yes. Yay. Talk about yes. it. Yes. Oh, we're getting heavy now, It's got a man. dwarf in it. Right. Does that help? It's got a dwarf in it, but yeah. It, yeah, so it was, it was produced by the Beatles manager, Alan Klein. And so um, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Yoko Ono all produced it basically as well. They threw a lot of money at it, but I don't think they were credited as actual producers. And basically, we open with a man who's supposed to represent the fool in the tarot deck, lying in the desert, covered in flies, and face covered in shit. That's how the movie starts. (laughs) Perfect. And then a dwarf shows up. (laughs) So that's um, Alexander Doronowski, which is, uh, you know, El Topo was El the uh, holy grail of VHS tapes when I was a mm-hmm. young person because that one totally. was like released on just a few and then it got yanked for rights reasons and so I uh, and and El Topo is like a fantastic western uh, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Santa Sangria of course uh, have you yeah. guys I know that Steve Wandling is watching Russian Doll have you or Eric oh, Marie watched no. Russian Doll yet? Oh. No, my best friend binged it, and she's she tells me I need right. to watch it, and I believe her. I'm just being terrible, and I need to. The joke will still be funny, but I have to spoil a joke because it relates to Jordan okay. Jordan Asgate. Okay, um, she's trying to figure out why she's going keeps dying, coming back to life. So she goes to her drug dealer's house, and he has this club, <laughs> and so and 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 he's like, what? No. You know, I don't sell stuff that's going to do that kind of thing to you. I, you know, I've got, got a secret room in the back, you know, and the password is Jordanowski's Dune. And I was like, ha, ha, yeah. ha, 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 Only the film geeks got that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's Those are my favorite. For me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that movie is so good. I was the so only person good. that smiled in the room. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's how I felt. Welcome I to my world. And Paul, Paul looked at me like, 
Well, that was he got it. He actually got the joke because he's seen the documentary with me. But uh, you know, okay. it was like ha ha. <laughs> right. So anyway, I had I digress, but I just noticed that in Russian Doll, I was like ha ha. It's funny. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty I'd good. I actually forgotten that moment. Who said that? Yeah, there's Russian Doll, and I'm also watching, which is Spanish language. Is um, it's called Always a Witch. Uh, that's the English oh, that version. So name. It is, but here's the problem. Oh, it defaults. Oh to um the 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 dub and they don't give you an option uh, for subtitles so you have to watch no, it badly dubbed english and it really loses something. yeah but yeah, it's I like buffy that. the vampire slayer is a witch going to college which that part of it's cool oh and there's time travel too yeah. so that's oh, cool okay yeah yeah so it's yeah, a lot of cool fine. stuff so you like the whole the holy mountain is a, is a, is a uh, it's it's a real a statement on religion what it is and and Catholicism yeah. in particular and guruism and you know it's 1973 it's almost mm-hmm. as old as I am and it's still weird <laughs> just like it's <laughs> really weird it's an absurdist yeah. film like there's something almost French to it it's so absurd but <laughs> it's more like watching a project than a film at times. <laughs> Like, right. It's very experimental in places, I think. You know, I think there were some Aaron, drugs maybe taken. Maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe. I, I don't necessarily <laughs> say that Joronowski was doing drugs or not. You know, uh, like, you know, sometimes the people that are but directing But his producers were. Oh, uh, well, more than likely. I think maybe so, the yeah. people, yeah, I think maybe the people around him, 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 I don't, I would agree with you. I don't think that he is uh, necessarily on drugs. I mean, it's not going to hurt, I don't think. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you might not be able to tell the difference anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, his, his films yeah. have a surreal-like quality, is all, is all I'm saying. Yeah, so well, he's the Me- they call him the Mexican master for a reason. You know, he's really, right. really good. And I'm sure if you talk to Jordan, if you talk to Del Toro or Caron or any of the contemporary directors, they'd probably point to one of his films in their, as their favorite. I don't know which one they would mm-hmm. pick. They probably all would be different because every film of yeah. is different, uh, <laughs> very different. Uh, but that's what actually what I like about Spanish cinema. A lot of it, the watches are relatively uncomfortable, even the mainstream stuff. Um, the characters are always different, like or faceted, uh, like you know, like Pedro Almodovar's characters. We were talking about this last night. All of his characters might have some fatal flaw, but they're not judged for it. Which is refreshing, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, or or they're different, and it's a part of their life, but it doesn't control their lives. There's that too. That's also refreshing. Uh, you know, uh, you know. It's, There's it's, no it's, tokens. Uh, you were talking about French cinema, Raven. Um, now, one of the uh, Spanish directors that worked in France a lot was Luis Buñuel. Uh, he was a surrealist director from from the Catalonian area. Um, his most famous film is a French film called it's a French language film actually called Belle du Jour, which oh I um, sexy porn witch. You want to watch a movie about prostitutes that rules? Belle du Jour is awesome. Yes. Uh, but, yeah. but it, is, it is weird well, and I, cool. I was thinking, Go ahead. I was I was sitting here. To- trying to think of like my first introduction into Spanish language film and I think it would have I would have to go all the way back to like Water for Chocolate um, and oh, I did actually see Mimic in theater um, but yeah like Water for Chocolate and uh, what was the other one I was thinking of Darkness 
um, which it was the mm-hmm. same guy who directed Record, uh, Rec, and um, oh, he yeah. also directed Inside, speaking of the French and um, Spanish crossover. That's right, he did direct uh, Inside, which is the you know, French New Wave. So uh, Louis Bonnewell ended up... Film. Yeah, um, Louis Bonnewell, who... Uh, he did work with also with Salvador Dali, and there's one movie of his, and it's probably the first Spanish language movie I ever saw, not knowing it was actually Spanish language, because they used to repeat that shit on MTV all the time. Uh, with Uchien Andalou, which is the Andalusian dog, which is a short about a crazy dude that goes nuts and sees ants in his hands and wants to kill people and cut their eyes and stuff. And and it's good, it's all right, you know, it's already. Uh, but it's also Salvador Dali. So, uh, you know, and one of the things that I'm doing on this trip is I'm immersing myself in Gaudi and Dali. Uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to art it up while I'm in Barcelona. I cannot wait. Um, now, uh, Aaron Marie, we wanted you, you're the only one in this group, I think, that's seen all three rec movies. No, four, all four. Four. That's right. There are four. I take it back. Four. <laughs> I didn't uh, yes, even know that. I, I forgot about the fourth one. Talk um, about the them. first one. Is, uh, the first one is you know if you've seen the American Quarantine, they're exactly like, and they're done by the same guy. He did Quarantine too. They're creepy and cool, and the pacing is so good. Um, the build up to different tensions and um, um, I, I I can't even begin to describe how I really felt the first time I saw Quarantine because that was my first introduction. Um, and then I sat down with my daughter I think last year and we watched all four of them over a couple of days and getting to see the whole story arc was interesting. Um, he kind of went in the Third one, like silly. It was almost campy. It was almost satire of itself. Um, you, you got an extra bonus point this year because the villain, the, the 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 heroine in that movie, wears a wedding dress while she's killing people with a chainsaw. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, I mean, it it came hard, but I love the effect. We love the the way the zombie like virus moves through things, how they move. Everything about them is just fun. But they're um, not I mean, really the zombies, one, though. They they're they're demons. No, they're actually they're demons. not. It is a possession, which of course you find out kind of at the end of the first one, but they really deep dive into that at the, in the second. You know, the first wreck is like if the original Demons was smart and found footage. You know what I'm saying? Like they both have excellent yeah. makeup effects and they have excellent and their themes are similar, but the the wreck films have uh, maybe not the third one have a brain power to them. They feel smart when you're watching them. Yeah. Well, not only that, but they're one of the very few found footage films like Dan. You know, the first, I'm I'm babbling. 
Well, no, you're not babbling. Your your phone's cutting in and out again, but you're not babbling. Uh, I I I really need to need to watch the rest of the rec films. I've seen one and a half of them, uh, <laughs> and, and it's not for lack of trying. I actually like those movies. I just haven't seen. Yeah, I saw part of the third one. Really, you know. Enjoyable. Uh, you know, they, they're still smarter than most slashers out there. You know, so there's that. Um, I wanted to talk about. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. I was I didn't see the fourth one. I was just curious about that one because I did I remember how much of a sensation like the first two were and uh I, I really liked those and then the third one I really cracked me up and I actually really enjoyed it for what it was and yeah, like the satire aspect, but boy, where do they go with that in the fourth one? I was just curious. In the that, well, that's what I'm trying to really pull out of my memory banks because I can see it, uh, like some scenes, but I, I can't yeah. really the story so because it's been a while. Yeah. But um, I have. I spent. I remember spending half of that movie wondering because it's the original uh, chick from the first movie, and I was wondering how the fuck they brought her back. Number one, oh. um, number two, which is why I spent half the movie wondering if she was possessed by the demon or not. Okay, okay. So they they yeah, bring because okay, I mean cool. she seems perfectly normal and she's you know she's back into things, but I'm like, ah, how the fuck did she walk away from that? Right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I haven't I seen the help. fourth one. I don't remember. Like I said, it's all good though. I mean, I, I that's why I wanted her to talk about it because I need to watch them more. And I know it's not because yeah, they're good and I highly recommend them. Um, I wanted to talk Rec, about also. Um, um, <laughs> there's also the, on one. The, the very <laughs> unrate, underrated Spanish director is a uh, is a guy who. Um, he direct. Oh my! Just totally blanked his name too. <laughs> but um, he directed his mainstream film is an Amer- is an English language film called Twenty Weeks Day. Uh, Twenty Weeks Late Day. Late, oh, Twenty Weeks Later. The the follow up yeah. to uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, it's Juan Carlos Fresnadillo. Yeah. Um, he's also from Spain. Uh, he did a film before. Uh, he's actually from the Canary Islands, believe it or not. Um, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, he directed a little film that I adore uh, before he did 28 uh, day, a week later called An Intacto. An Intacto is weird. Okay, it's about these people that have power of luck, kind of like Domino in Marvel Universe, but the problem is that they suck the luck out of other people. So, if... Um, Wait, literally? If you, yeah, like it, it, it kind of goes in. Huh. So like if the, the, the one person, he's the only person that survives a plane crash. That's because he sucks all the luck out of all the other people in the plane crash. Okay. Um, and so okay, and he finds out that there's this whole secret world of these people. And he finds to find out that they're, they start doing betting games. Like, like how much your luck can hold out and it starts out like kind of mundane like will this famous bug land on you or do, do you not run and bump into a tree right uh but it gets bigger right. and bigger as it goes around it's a really weird cool little film and i highly recommend recommend intacto 
So, uh, you know, look that one up. That sounds cool. Yeah. So I will. And guess who's guess who's on the line? <gasps> Could it be Who? a guest? Hello. Real one. Area code Nina. You're on with the sexy witches. How you doing? Hi, I'm great. How are you guys? Fine. We were wow. talking about Latin cinema and Spanish cinema. I was just talking about um, Juan Carlos's uh, Intacto, which is the film he did before awesome. he did 20 we- Weeks Later. Um, I'm. Thank you for coming on the show, Nina. Let me introduce you to my sexy witches and uh, my other co-host for my other podcast. He just happened to call in as well. I just force-fed him th- not one, but three Pedro Almodovar films. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's barely standing. Super impressive. <laughs> I'm still here. Barely. He's still here, but he's barely standing. So um, that's Steve Wandling. He, he, he's uh, from Repo Nerds, which is uh, our monthly podcast, which is more of a traditional movie review show. And then we have Aaron uh, Marie, my partner in crime on the East Coast here. Hi, Aaron Marie. Say hi to Nina. Hello, Nina. Hello. And on, in L.A., we have Raven, and Raven is, uh, she's a huge theater geek, so you guys would get great along just fine. So, Raven, hi, Anita. Hi, I love you. Oh, hi, thank you. <laughs> thank you, guys. So, Nina, tell, talk a little bit about yourself and introduce you um, to my sexy witches. We actually do have live listeners calling in tonight for sure. We actually had one call in. So, uh, why don't you tell wow. us a little bit about yourself and your band, and then tell them okay. why I brought you on and talk about the tour you did, Lona. Uh, okay. So, um, my name's Nina. Um, I'm in a band called A Sound of Thunder. We're a heavy metal band from the D.C. area, um, and uh, we just went on tour for the second time in Catalonia because um, a weird little story. Um, my mom is from Catalonia. She's from a town outside of Barcelona, and uh, for our latest album, I wanted to do a song for her, so we did a heavy metal version of the Catalonian National Anthem. Um, and uh, then the Catalonian people decided to have a referendum and vote for independence, well, vote to see if they wanted independence, and a bunch of violence happened. So we decided to release the song early before the album was released, and it went super viral. So um, when that happened, we decided to um, go on tour. They asked us to go, and we went. So um, we went in 2018, sorry, 2017, we went on the first one, and this uh, past 2018, we went on the second one. So, yeah, we did that in uh, in October or November. Yeah, it was October. Uh, and uh, we plan on going back again this October. So, yeah, that's what, that's uh, that's where I come from. And, and, and even though you had a great tour, oh, yeah, awesome. and I was glad, but it wasn't all a, a bit of wine and roses, though, because you did have a few controversial cancellations because of, of the referendum, right? Yeah, and it was uh, it was a little strange. Um, we were booked to play at an elementary school. We were going to do like a little acoustic show, um, but apparently, so some, yeah, some of the parents um, were uh, police officers, and oh, uh, they were not okay with us playing the national anthem of Catalonia 
at their kids' school. So that was canceled. And uh, we wound up doing a comic book signing with um, a cultural um, a cultural group. They helped us put that together. So we did like a little Q&A with, our, uh, with the, the authors of our comic book. And um, it, it actually turned out pretty good. I mean, I'm sad we couldn't do the um, – I was sad that we couldn't do the elementary school, but it worked out. And, and the pictures of you from the tour are awesome. You're sweaty and happy and just throwing it all out. And, you know, and I got to see yeah, you yeah. perform a month ago, so uh, that was fun. Oh, yeah. And I, I promise that I'm going to wear their shirt somewhere very prevalent on my trip to Catalonia so they, they can use it as the photo op if they need it. So I'm going to figure okay. out I have I'm think I'm leaning towards Nina the Park Gruel, um the the Gaudis, uh big park up in the northern part of Barcelona. Uh, I'm yep, I'm leaning yep. towards some doing some shooting there. You should. Um, actually, the first time we went on tour in uh, in Catalonia in 2017, um, we were in a house right next to Park Guel. And uh, the mm-hmm. guys, they, you know, they like to go running because they're crazy like that when they're on tour. So um, Josh and Jesse actually ran through Parkwell. I think they have some pictures of it. But, yeah, uh, we were right near there when we were staying there the first time. It's really cool. For people who don't know who Parkwell is, it's this, um, it was a, supposed to be Gaudi's housing complex. He was building, like, a little community. It didn't really do well that way, but it ended up becoming this amazing park with these mosaics and tiles and fountains. And there's a house you can climb around, even though it's not his house, but it would have been, like, a house that would have been there. Uh, so that's actually our first day there. That's where we're going. Uh, so, as a matter of fact, that's, our, that's, that's my awesome. Gaudi day. That's my Gaudi day. I'm taking a cab from the. I, I, I'm staying in the Gothic Quarter, uh, which is the old town center, yeah. which is really neat. Um, and we're gonna take. Very cool. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna take a a a, a cab or a, or the metro, which isn't too far. The metro, by the way, in Spain, is considered one of the best and safest in the world. So I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. the metro too. Um, you take it up to the park and then you walk down and there's this like street. I forget the name of it right now, but there's a couple famous Gaudi designed houses and one of them's open and you can climb in it. Oh, that's the Pederast. I think that's the name. I, I, you know, Nina knows exactly what I'm talking about. But if you walk down this, yeah. you can walk down through this, this area and then you can take the metro or you can walk up the hill. You, I'm going to end the day at the Sagrada Familia, which is the big cathedral that Gaudi designed uh, and it's not completed. Uh, and uh, the towers are open uh, and you can go up in them and I, and it will be open and it'll be finished in our lifetime. So I would assume that we're going to have to have the big like sound of thunder Sagrada Familia tribute concert in 2029. 20, uh, what do you think? That would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, if I'm... you uh, are going to see Park Guell, I suggest go to uh, the Palau Guell. So Guell was the name of a very, very rich family that were pa- uh, patrons of Gaudi. And he designed, you know, the park. He named it after them. And they have a palace on the, in the Gothic Quarter. So it's right off of La Rambla. And it's uh-huh. uh, it's um, basically it looks on the outside like oh it looks like you know some townhouses. You go inside, it's literally a palace. It's really really cool. I oh gosh, I'm that so looking. Amazing. I mean, this is good. I, I'm touring several houses um, already. I'm also got. I'm gonna stay. We're staying four days in Barcelona. 
then we're taking a car and we're going to spend three days in the Figueres area uh, where the um, Teatro Dali is. We're going to stay in Figueres, but we're going to drive to Cadecas. I think that's the name of it, and go see a bunch of stuff there. And then if we have time, nice. we have tickets for um, the uh, in France. We'll go over the Pyrenees. There's a famous cave there. I was telling Raven about it, um, the Cave No, which is spelled N-I-A-O-U. <laughs> but you know, you've seen the famous images of the buffaloes and the horses and stuff like that. Um, that actually is there, and, and I'm a caver by nature. I was a caver first. That's how I actually started my government career was caving in Carlsbad County National Park. Um, so I, it's bucket list. I'm basically I'm killing two or three of my bucket list items all at once with this trip. So that's pretty cool. Uh, uh, we are staying down at the bottom of the Rombles in the Gatti Quarter. Um, that's where the Picasso Museum is. Uh, what else is down in the Gatti Quarter? Uh, there's a, a, a bunch of huge piazzas down there. Uh, we found the tapas bars nearest us, as well as the coffee house. So I know where those are. <laughs> that was very important. Oh, yeah. to know. <laughs> if you want good coffee in the Gothic Quarter, you need to go to, it's a place called Satan's Coffee Corner. And oh. it's in the Gothic Quarter. You'll be able to walk there. Oh, oh God! Satan's Coffee Corner. Yeah, I love so the I love the Catalonian Spain. culture. Oh my God! There's so yeah. the devils. <laughs> in, in Spain and uh, most of Europe, when you get coffee, you're gonna get espresso. You're not gonna get American coffee. But of course at not. Satan's Coffee Corner, you can get regular coffee. Um, and Americanos, whatever. But just to let you know, when you ask for a coffee in Barcelona, they're going to give you an espresso. So That's fine. I have no issue with that. Yeah. In Italy, I yeah, love – you, Italy has these, like, little cappuccino bars everywhere. And you can – and, and they're yeah. just open randomly. And you'll, you just – you have a euro. You walk into one, drop a euro. They give you a, a cappuccino. You slam it, and you keep going. That's how it works. Yep. I, I love that yeah. system. <laughs> Um, it's similar yeah. in Spain too, right? Uh, and in the chocolate, I'm I'm intending. I I, I should have like lost the, the you know the shutdown screwed me up. I was intending to fast and lose a bunch of weight and get ready for this trip, and I suddenly wasn't exercising anymore and I gained eight pounds and now I'm worried because I wanted to like gain that weight with food. <laughs> you know, I, uh, but, you're gonna you're gonna walk walk. So much when you're in the Gothic Quarter. My husband and I walked 10 miles a day just just walking around the Gothic Quarter. You're going to have a lot of fun, and you're not even going to realize that you're tired until suddenly it's the end of the day and you've walked 10 miles. Just keep your pedometer on your phone, and you'll see. Oh, I have a pedometer on my phone. Um, at my job, my day job, I walk um, a minimum on a on a normal day when I'm pushing and pulling uh, 10 to 15,000 steps. So, you know, uh, that that's just training for this. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the walk. I, I know that's one of the things everyone says. You're going to have to walk, wear stuff under your clothes. I already have my perfect fanny pack for that. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, we, we, we have our, we've been, you know, I have my Rick Steves Barcelona 4th Edition book, which is awesome, nice. uh, you know. Because it has, not only does it have Spanish words in it, it also has a Catalan uh, dictionary in the back, which is nice. And it has well, a tapas great. bar, Catalan. It, it actually gives you the tapas bar, 
in English, Spanish, and Catalan. So I can order in any okay. language. So that's, good. that's very helpful. Yes, yes. Yeah. The tapas are, are going to, you're going to see a lot of stuff that you've never seen before. Um, if you see them, get razor clams. They are razor the clams. most delicious food you've ever had. Yes, razor clams. Yes. Razor clams. Oh, and I'm going to go visit Dr. Muerte. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go see him on, I think it's that Thursday. We're going up to Maserat, the big uh, monastery on the hill. Uh, that's why we're renting yep. a car. Um, so yeah. uh, we're going to stop and see him on the way up, maybe commission. Oh, we haven't great. decided if we're going to commission, a, a, but, you know, if anybody I want to commission a mask from. Um, for the sexy witches, Dr. Muerte is this awesome, like, horror geek, lives on a hill in the mountain outside Barcelona and makes masks for a living. Like cool masks, what? like devil masks. Yeah, he's he's awesome, and we yeah. met him at the Smithsonian Folklife Festival, and he was one of the guys that does. Matter of fact, he's doing. There's a festival happening right now as we as we're on air in in Spain. I'm gonna miss it, uh, mm-hmm. and he's doing some of the firework for that. But most of the summertime, he dresses up in his devil costume. Nina got to do it, which was awesome, uh, and and yeah. walk around and they throw pyrotechnics wow. in the air and they dance under them. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see photos from the Smithsonian Folklife Festival from this year, and you'll see lots of me taking photos of Dr. Muerte and his crew burning themselves. It's really neat. That's awesome. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, so, uh, um, you know, I'm going to miss that this year, but maybe that's the reason to go back, right, to see that stuff again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, uh, yeah, anything else? So, Nina, what about movies? What kind of Spanish, not, not just Spain, uh, even though we were talking about Spain, but it could also, we were talking about Mexican films as well. We talked about Jordanowski. We talked about Alfonso Coron and Guillermo del Toro. What are some of your favorite Spanish-language movies? Oh, um, definitely anything by del Toro. Um, uh, Pan, you know, Pan's Labyrinth. That movie, Pan's Labyrinth and um, The Devil's Backbone, um, those movies kind of speak to me because my mom was in Catalonia during the Franco regime. So whenever they talk about Franco and what happened during the, uh, you know, the, the, the civil war in Spain, that's, that, that's always something that I'm really, really interested in. So when I watched Pan's Labyrinth, I was like, oh man, that's probably like my mom's age, the little girl. And I'm like, to seeing what these people went through during the civil war and how he, how Guillermo del Toro likes to put it to horror. I love that. Like, I, I love all of his horror movies. Um, the Orphanage, another one of my favorites. Yeah. Which he, which he, pre- he presented, he produced that one. Uh, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. one of the things I love about people like, uh, you know, in Mexico, Guillermo del Toro, and in Basque, you have Alexis de la Iglesia, is that they are taking filmmakers from their regions of where they live and they're presenting their films as well. So they're, yeah. they're spreading yeah, the love exactly. forward. And, and, and yeah, I yeah. really, really appreciate that, especially like Alex de la Iglesia and Basque. Who knew like the Basque people had this amazing film catalog that's just like off oh, the yeah, chain. Some of my, some, some of my favorite movies in the last couple of years. Right go, go ahead. Go um, ahead. Go ahead, Nina. Sorry, there's one on Netflix right now, and I forget what it's called in Basque, but it's about um, it's about a blacksmith. Yeah, um, Aaron Mentari. Oh, yeah. I've been yeah. I've been yelling about this one to the sexy witches since I saw it a couple days ago. It is so good. Yeah. So good. So yeah. good. You put it on my queue. 
Uh huh. I, I mean, the, it's the coolest devil I've seen in years in a movie. Uh, it is so cool. Oh my god. Um, and um, Alexis Inglésia did Witching and Bitching, which was one of my favorite films oh, a while that. back. I love oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh Witching and so Bitching is great. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. and yeah. it's a great movie. Giving me flashbacks. <laughs> and then. And then I picked it as number one film that year. Um, and in this movie, I was sick as a dog. I put it in, and it just woke me up. It was called The Last Circus, which is like the most balls-to-the-wall movie. Once again, takes place during the C- Civil War. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's really, really crazy. Uh, so there's a lot of great stuff. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I, it's funny because, like, Del Toro in Mexico and, you know, and Pedro Almodovar in Madrid, and then you have the the people in Basque, and all all these Spanish language films seem to have these like similar like fairy tale gothicy uh, folklorey feelings to them. I was saying this earlier. I, I you see a lot of their culture and their stories and traditions in these movies, but they're completely fresh and new. They feel fresh when you watch them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, one of my favorite ones that um, Del Toro, mm-hmm. I think he produced it, was um, Mama. And that was where he was oh, yeah. producing a Spanish uh, director. And it was like he saw the short and he saw, he thought the short was so terrifying that he wanted to make it into a movie. Like, that's so cool. That's what, that, that was like one of the, my favorite horror movies of all time. So good. Talk about a sad end. Yeah. Really? My goodness. Really? Uh, do you know? It's sad. Do you know where I live? <laughs> That's right. You live near where she falls off the cliff. Oh, my I God. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she lives Sorry, in Clifton Falls. Yeah, yeah, of course. Home of Mama Ghost. Oh, that's cool. Oh, you know, you know there's a bunny man, there's a scene in that movie that shows the Bunny Man Bridge? In Virginia, do you guys know about the Bunny Man Bridge? I know. I've, no, I live in West bit. Virginia, but I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. So, I, I know so about the goat man. Yeah, this is like a Northern Virginia folklore, but basically, there's a there's like a rumor about a, an evil, like a guy dressed like a bunny, and he threw axes at people. Um, and it's just like Northern what? Virginia folklore, but they call it the Bunny Man Bridge, and it's no. in I think Fairfax. And there are scenes in Mama that they filmed at the bridge. And nice. a, a fun oh. fact about our band, one of our first music videos, um, a Murderous Horde, we also filmed that at the Bunny Man Bridge, and the police came and told us we had to leave. But we still got the phone. So, oh, good. Yeah. It's, okay. the Bunny Man Bridge. it's like one of our only Northern Virginia things that we have. Oh, I'm so That's looking awesome. that up. <laughs> no, I, I love that, that stuff. That's great. Yeah. So, how... How many of us here there we have this larger pool? Go, go ahead, Erin Marie. I'll, I'll ask my question in a minute. Go ahead. I guess that there are actually a couple of Bunny Man horror movies. Yeah, I think there are I mean, a couple of Bunny Man horror movies. Uh, they're independent horror movies, and I'm pretty sure they're Virginia filmmakers as well. So okay. I can see oh, where the- I'll look them up. <laughs> yeah, there's a Bunny Man Massacre is one of them. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, of course. Right. I, I feel foolish now. I <laughs> I know. I wonder. I wonder if it if it inspired if it was inspired by the Benny Man legend. I'm I would sure it has. So. 
Yeah, no, I'm sure it did. I mean, I just quit a quick Google and they both came up. So I'm assuming that's correct. <laughs> so I, I heard it was funny. I, I, in Maryland, we have our goat man. I, 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 I've been to the goat man hollow walkthrough on Halloween and that was pretty fun. Uh, so oh, cool. we have the moth man. We do moth man. Oh, here. yeah. So, yeah, Mothman prophecies, the the Point Pleasant Bridge collapse. That's that's all. Uh, mm-hmm. That's about an hour from my apartment. Wow, interesting. <laughs> yes, uh, it's pretty spooky. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I'm looking forward to this trip, and I I'm really bummed. I'm going to miss. I told I told uh, Steve this last night that I'm going to miss the brand new Pedro Almodóvar far movies. Spanish premiere by two weeks. It comes out oh, tomorrow. Yeah, because you know bummer. it came out while I was there. It, it's the same thing that happened when I was in England for the first time. Uh, the movie with Tom Hiddleston, High Rise, which is, you know, yeah. I really yeah. want, it, it came out like the week after I was there, and there was all these pictures, but I would have totally gone to see it if I was it had been playing you know I, I would have dropped everything just to see it but uh but i'll miss it but that's okay i, I i'm gonna be too busy to watch movies unless they're at the salvador dolly museum you know I, i'll watch that there's gonna be plenty of film there uh you know i've seen a lot oh, of yeah. it i've i've been to the museum in st petersburg uh and it's a really cool museum if you've never been down to the salvador dolly museum in st petersburg uh it, it's but this is he designed this space himself his, uh, you know, this, this place was meant to display his work, and it's huge. So, I, oh my God, it's been it's been on my number two on my bucket list to go to Salvador Dali's museum in Figueres since I was I would say uh, probably twelve or thirteen years old. So, <laughs> you know, I I'm really looking forward to it. So, thank you, Nina. Nina, what are you doing next? I know your albums albums out. People doing okay, yeah. I hope. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm all good right now. We're working on the next project, so we're songwriting now. Um, We're getting some, maybe some guest vocalists on the new one. Um, We're working with artists again, so I'm not allowed to reveal what we're doing, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit bigger than the last one and a lot more music. Excellent. And uh, where can they find you on the interwebs so they can buy your stuff? A sound of com and also Facebook backslash a sound of thunder. Excellent. And yeah, she's on, she's got a awesome. pretty good Facebook press uh, presence. The whole band does. So I, uh, you know, they, they have yeah. a, they have a group also and you can join their group and it's a fan group. It's fun. Uh, and um, yep. catch them on tour and catch them here in Baltimore area. They play the Rams head and the auto bar occasionally. Uh, so they're yep. around. You can definitely find them. I saw them at the auto bar, which is one of my favorite venues here in DC, uh, in the DC metro area. It's actually in Baltimore. Uh, and it, it's semi in trouble. So we, we want to support the auto bar as much as we possibly can right now. So much love to the auto bar. May you live forever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. You know. yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Nina, for coming on, and 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 you, you know what? Because you are massive geek. I mean, we we didn't even talk about her loves of science fiction. Uh, she's <laughs> you know, a sound of thunder is based on the Ray Bradbury short story. Uh, you know, yes, so. Amazing. So, Nina, you have to come back on when we're science fiction geeking out at some point. Yes, Absolutely. Please. You have a Star Wars day, and I'll just I'll 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 
do a lot of whining, yeah. Well, well isn't, there, isn't the newest Star Wars coming out this summer and not a Christmas release this year? Oh, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I thought I'm it was coming out in May or June. Yeah, so if that's the case, out we'll be... Oh, is it December again? Yeah. I thought it was actually coming out sooner for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, I know that our Christmas episode is going to be devoted to Frozen because my daughter is like, we got to do Frozen. So, <laughs> you know, so we're okay. going to do Frozen. But we should definitely do it. Um, I'm going to ping you if we do a deep dive Star Wars because we do talk about Star Wars quite a bit. Usually our Christmas crazy, episode is a Star Wars episode. So, uh, you oh, know, because yeah. they go Absolutely. hand in hand in my world. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just do a Life yeah. Day episode and call it good. <laughs> <laughs> Life Day. Oh, man. I mean, oh, I will make yeah. you all watch that. Steve, can we do a Repo Nerds episode where you actually watch the holiday episode? Or have you I've, seen it already? I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it a uh, million too bad. times. I'll watch it any. I love it. I love it. <laughs> have you seen it with the riff tracks? No, I have not. No, I haven't. No. Do that. That would be funny. <laughs> I will. <Do> that. <laughs> All right, oh, Nina, get back to your kitty cat. I hope he's feeling better. Oh, yeah, he's fine. He throws up all the time because um, when we're not giving him enough attention, oh. he goes and finds something stupid to eat. And so then he vomits and it gives him the attention he's looking for. Yeah. Is that Odin? That's his name, right? Yeah, that's Odin. Yep. Yeah, I remember yep. Odin. You talked about Odin in our last interview. I did interview her yep. once before on a podcast we will not name right now. Uh, but uh, if you Thank guys you. want, if listeners want to actually listen to it, I will link them to it. I'm just not putting it on my wall right now. Not to do with you, Nina. It's politics. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so, uh, so yes, yeah, go see Nina live, go listen to her show and thank you for the advice. I'm going to listen to the show tomorrow and write down all the suggestions and please PM me anything you want to like, like I should pay attention to, but the, 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 the coffee, the, the devil coffee thing is like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank killer you tip. Thank corner. you. Satan's Coffee yeah. Corner. Mom. I am so. I'm going to, as soon as I'm off air. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, you'll. It's so. great. You'll love it. Oh, excellent. So good night, my dear, and we'll see you on the okay, flip good side. Night. Thank you. Thanks, Nina. That was yeah. Nina. So uh, so uh, oh my God, I can't say her name tonight. Yeah, I can. I, I forget. Isn't Miss Nina? From Nina. The Sound of Thunder. Yeah. Um, the Geek Nina. Extraordinaire. Once again, The Sound of Thunder. They were had one of my favorite albums, metal albums from last year. It, it's called It Was Metal. Very simple title. Um, the, uh, the, the Catalonian metal theme is really, really good. It's on my phone. I'm permanent. Um, uh, it's in my phone rotation. So I listen to it all the time. Uh, and you know, I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm going to have that on my phone and I'm going to have the theme to Suspiria. Cause I was telling Steve last night that I have a layover <laughs> in Munich for two hours. So I'm going to yes. walk through all the, uh, all the, uh, automatic doors. <laughs> so I'm going to walk through them and, and, and play Suspiria until it's time to catch the next plane. Cause you know, please film this, please do oh, this Facebook if live. If it's raining, it, I will. Because I was like, if it's raining, I have to film it, right? Because, you, you know, that's, it's like, you know, it's I law. have like, 
love to hate relationship with the original Suspiria, but I actually think the opening part of that movie is so good. It's so brilliant. Like it's beautiful. The whole thing where, the it's music, pretty. where the music creeps up, you can kind of hear it, and then the doors open, and the wind hits, and the music rises, and she's like in, transported into another world. It's really cool. I always like it. It's like a ballet. I just rewatched the original Suspiria with my sister uh, over New Year's, <laughs> and I actually enjoyed it more now that I'm see the subtleties in Italian horror. I'm, I mean, every time the music swelled, it signified that they were casting a spell. I, mean, I was making it was, I thought, a quite brilliant usage. <laughs> yeah, of the music. Yeah, the music well, is a it, really it, strong part well, of that. That was like, you know, I mentioned the auto bar. I saw a Goblin at the auto bar uh, when they came we, on tour, that first American tour. Oh, boy, was that a great show. And then the Secret Chiefs, who are a part of Mr. Bungle, Mike Patton's band, but they're the yeah. other musicians. So fucking good. And they they have, and if you want to look something up that's really cool horror related, they have a cover of the Halloween theme. That's just off the chain. And they did it live and it was like, holy shit. But they were like the, that was a perfect night of music. Like the secret chiefs opening for Goblin and then Claudio Simonetti walked out like a fucking rock star. Oh my God. I mean, the man's in his sixties and he just commanded the room. Like we were, he was Elvis. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) So awesome. And he did it with his back partially to us. Back partially to us. Because he sits sideways to the audience in the, in the auto bar. Because the auto bar is tiny. Uh, you know, well, not tiny, but, you know, small for what you would think that uh, Claudio Simonetti would be in, right? So it, it kick ass. So, uh, and I'm looking forward. Uh, but that's Italian. Italy. Italy is awesome. But now I'm going to go to Spain. And so I've been, I, 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 like, lived in America most of my life. And I actually didn't start traveling abroad until this few years back uh, when I could afford to, um, even though it never stopped me from traveling. I've traveled all my life, even when I was uber, uber poor. Um, I've been to all 50 states, except for Michigan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I now I'm starting to, ex- and I've, I've, been to, I've been to Juarez and Tijuana and, you know, and Chihuahua, that part of Mexico. And I've been to Winnipeg and uh, not Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver. I've totally been to Vancouver. <laughs> Winnipeg and Vancouver. Uh, so I've been to Canada, but I just now started exploring Europe. So I've been to Italy, and I've been to England, and now it'll be Spain. So I'm slowly getting through Europe. And then where should I go next? Belgium. <laughs> Belgium? Go to Belgium. Probably. I'm serious. That was well, where I, I had the best would... time, dude. I'd probably combine Belgium with 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 uh, Amsterdam. If with I the Netherlands, do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd probably make that a double that trip. That duo is perfect. Because um, if you can get to favorite. Bruges, Prague. Oh, I haven't been, but it looks beautiful. A lot of people like Prague. I've heard that. So the architecture. I, I, is yeah, that was the one I was going to say. Prague. <laughs> yeah, and I know uh, my friend went school there. I was so jealous. I was like, wow to school in Prague. So, um, and what was it? Uh, it where was I? It was talking about Europe. Yeah. So I'm going to Spain. So you said Belgium, uh, you know, Bruges. Yeah. The Hieronymus Bosch museum, you know, one of, you know, right. Uh, the part of this trip to, 
to Spain is to go see some of my favorite artists, which is uh, Gaudi and Salvador Dali. Um, obviously, they're surrealists. Same with Joan Moreau, which was has a small museum in Barcelona as well. And you know, uh, so but there's also right in there uh, the, the the surrealist. Oh, what is his name? I'm, now I'm blanking. Ah, oh, shit. Where was he? Oh, Heronius Bosch. But you know, uh, and and Rene Magritte. That's who I was looking for. For people to know who Rene Magritte is, have you ever seen those pictures of people that have like apples in front of their faces with bowler hats? You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh-huh. Those are yeah, not my favorites, but there's some other stuff of his that was really, really cool. And if you want to see his best work, it's at the Chicago Institute. It's it's so cool. Uh so uh, you know, uh so I, I, I definitely have reasons to go to Belgium at some point and, and Amsterdam. But meanwhile, we're gonna eat tapas until my head explodes. Spanish wines, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna hike a lot. I'm going to take Metro a lot. I'm going to see a lot of religious art, which I love doing. And cast, you know, even though I am pagan as they get, I absolutely adore Catholic Baroque architecture and Gothic architecture. So I, you know, I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Your Vatican trip is one of the things I'm most jealous about. (laughs) Oh man. Going to the Vatican was the most insane thing I've ever done. That counts as a country. So I've actually that's a country. Yes, it does. Uh, so yeah. uh, so yeah. So lots of lots of adventures, and I will go on these adventures. I will post photos for people that are interested if they give a crap. When I have a chance, I will do photo dumps as quickly as I can because that's what I do on my trips. Is I don't even edit the photos. I just as soon as I get them, I put them on Facebook so I have backups, which I didn't do for England, and I lost all my England photos. I have like two no. Stonehenge, and that is it. Um, so, oh my God, I'm so bummed about that. I lost some great photos, but, uh, you know, uh, but we've got more things, more memories to create. Um, so I will put those on my personal photos, Elizabeth, Catherine Gray. I'll do a photo dump as quick, often as I can, like I did for San Diego Carl I'm just going to drop them when I have internet Wi-Fi signal. Um, and, um, but we will come back and talk about my adventures and the Oscars on not uh, it'll be another Wednesday because honestly, um, well, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, the twenty, the twenty fourth is Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. I land yep. on the twenty fifth. Right. On the twenty sixth, which would be normally our next show for the Sexy Witches, um, I'm actually going to go see and and Erin Marie, think about this. You might want to think about this. They're playing the FP two in Ashburn, Virginia, as a double feature with the FP. On the 26th, and so Paul and I are going. So nice. think about yeah, that. Yeah, I got bonus so, points for that. Yeah, so we're gonna go see the double feature of my new film and see how it reads to an audience at the Alamo Draft House in Ashburn, Virginia. So instead, we are going to have our Oscar recap and my Barcelona recap on Wednesday, the 27th. All right, so Wednesday, right. the 27th, <laughs> we'll have that, and then and then in March we will have uh, actually. We have a, our next shows, and that will be on the 12th for Sexy Witches. I haven't given a subject on that yet. And the 14th, which will be Repo Nerds, which is Steve's turn to challenge me. And he will also, hey, in that hey. week, be calling in because he'll be getting ready. He'll preview Indianapolis Whorehound, which happens that weekend. So, mm-hmm. uh, so lots happening in the next couple of weeks for Sexy Witches. So thank you, Steve, for calling in. Thanks for having me, as always, both of you. Have a lovely evening. 
Yeah, have a lovely evening. And thank you again, Raven, for calling in and being my new co-host. You got it. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Bye, Erin Marie, even Bye. with your technical difficulties, thank you for calling in as usual. Bye, Erin. Always. Bye. All right. So Bye. I think that's it for the night. Let's go chill and watch some TV. I'm going to go watch Russian Doll, I think, and catch that up. Uh, and once again, we come back on Enjoy. the 20, the 27th of February, so just about two weeks from now. Uh, tonight, I'm going to leave you with a record that is turning just, is turning 44 this year, one of my favorite records. Um, it's actually a band from the San Francisco Bay Area, but they did have one Latin language hit, Magdalena Salarosa, by the Tubes and Fee Waybell. Good night, everyone. Blessed be and good film hunting.
Hunter.